I love I love that song. That's from Grimm. Um and I use it all the uh, time. What's this now? All the time. It's from Grim Fandango. What's yeah, what's that? It's called the Ga- are, are you trolling me? Are you asking me what Grim Fandango <laughs> is or are you asking me what the song is called? Uh, I just, you cannot you, be on this podcast. You keep, if you keep don't saying know Grim Fandango is. <laughs> You keep saying these words, Grim Fandango? I've just never heard of this. It's called Swanky Maximino if you if you ever want to listen to it on your oh, own. Oh, I've played that game. <laughs> Swanky Maximino. No, that was one of those apogee games that you'd play on your computer in 1992. <laughs> you were sure swanky way? you you were Swanky Maximino. <laughs> And you'd jump around a bunch of like alien space stations and you'd be shooting like uh, monsters from uh, 70s Halloween. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Like monster films. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Well, that's our fucking cold open. Swanky Mexican. <laughs> Cue the theme music, Roses. Very special co-host, Matt Aukamp. Hi, Matt. Hi. Hi, I'm Matt Aukamp. I'm the very special co-host. <laughs> very special. I don't know if I should have preempted it like that, because you're always going to be my co-host. But you're always special, yeah, too. But I'll always be special, You'll and always be the special listeners should know that. Well, because <laughs> the listeners will know you really well. Like, I guarantee more people are coming to this podcast because they know who you are. I don't than know. know who I am. I don't know. So, me and Matt have something special for you all, and that is a new adventure game podcast. And what is it called, Matt? It's called Save Your Game. I almost thought you forgot it's, it first. I'm like, oh god. It's also a it's also a public service announcement. <laughs> That's true. You don't even have to listen to the podcast to be like, oh yeah, I should. oh yeah, I should do that. <laughs> and then grab your Steam Deck or whatever and be like, oh yeah, I did I save that or did I just leave it running all night and it's still on the pause screen? Because <laughs> that's what I yeah, do. You're on, you're on year ninety nine of Stardew Valley. Today on this first first episode, uh, we just want to tell you a little bit about who we are and why we like adventure games and what our favorite adventure games are. And then in our second segment, we will talk about a recent adventure game that we both played, a new, new-ish, I guess I'll say, modern indie adventure game, which we would love to champion more of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're not going to be the first uh, podcast to talk about adventure games. What? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing... Uh, something unique, right? So uh, this first episode, we're going to be talking a lot about the classics, I think. Because um, we're going to talk about where we came from, why we're into this stuff in the first place. Yeah. Um, but I think there can be a thing when you're into sort of a, a genre that has such retro ties and aesthetics. Uh, there can be a problem where we just talk about the same you know, 20 games over and over and over for, I guess, 30 years now. Yep. Hey, you know what we should talk about? Colossal Cave Adventure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
I mean, maybe someday we'll talk about it. I don't know. But yeah, that does become a problem with adventure games. And I think it's because it is pretty niche, even though there yeah. are a, many, many adventure games that have come out, you know, since the what early 80s, let's say, uh, right. mainstream. It, we do tend to focus on the same ones. And we still, I think we make what I think is a mistake of thinking that those early, wh whatever, uh, I think it's, Sierra had what, 30 some games and LucasArts had, I think, 11. <laughs> and we make this mistake of thinking that those were the golden age. Those were the pinnacle. Yeah. Um, but I think far more quality adventure games come out today oh yeah than back then absolutely some of my favorite adventure games have come out in the last 10 years i want to say and that's not to say i don't love the classics i grew up on them uh it, it, it's a little weird to still refer to like king's quest 3 is my favorite adventure game that's <laughs> no one's favorite adventure game that's oh. only me <laughs> yeah well well then let's you know rather than dancing around it yeah let's dive in and talk about uh who who are you who Me? are you pushing up roses yeah i do some stuff <laughs> okay i do some stuff on the internet um you know i used to have a well I, I still have a channel my channel's not dead you guys i have a channel that uh <laughs> i used to talk about adventure games on i still do every now and then but it has since pivoted to murder mystery horror mst3k riffing and uh, things of that nature. But I do still like to talk about adventure games every now and then. I still play them. I still talk to Matt about them <laughs> yeah. in, in emphatic ways. And I am also an artist. No further, uh, <laughs> no further explanation necessary. A podcast artist. A podcast artist. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> you know what I can do on here? I can do this. <laughs> Art. <laughs> that truly is art is art gotta be talented i don't care to do I don't this. care what i don't care what anyone says podcasting is is podcasts is art podcast is art podcast is art roses can i get that on a bumper sticker please podcast is art i think my explanation of myself is pretty good uh who are you matt i think so too uh i'm just a guy uh guy. i you know, I have uh, a podcast that is very <laughs> different than this one um, <laughs> and, you know, releases, uh, I guess now if you're to average it out is at a rate of like one episode a year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How do you put out quality content so consistently, I, Matt Aukamp? <laughs> it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's about the origins of uh uh, archaic folk music um it's called every folk song feel free to check it out and i had a podcast that this thing i think also is still are kicking around in the internet but it, it's it's dead now i forced two of my comedian friends to watch uh all of the pokemon movies back to back mm. with me um and talk about them it's called the very worst <laughs> why would you do such a thing well because uh podcast is art and art is <laughs> requires suffer Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. To be an artist, you must suffer. So I've been in this podcasting game for quite a bit. Um, and it, as far as adventure games, I write for... I used to write for the website Adventure Gamers. I used to write reviews for there. That 
there for that place and now i write for adventure game hotspot nice um, so there's my adventure game and podcasting bona fides uh, but matt how do we know each other oh yeah do we want to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> so i thought you were just been like what oh, wait how 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 <laughs> sounded like you had to think about uh, it yeah where did i <laughs> Hold on, I just I just woke up with these headphones on and this microphone <laughs> in front of me. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> adventure games?" Uh, no, we are both on the uh, the panel for the Adventure Game Hall of Fame. Yeah, so we met uh, via a meeting, and we were like, "Adventure games," and and that's how that happened. That's how you make friends. <laughs> you know, I think everybody in that meeting was generally like adventure games, but there was something <laughs> about the way me and you said it that we were like, okay, we're we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah, like, wait a minute, did we just become best friends? That's how that went. <laughs> what are your, some of your favorites? What? Uh, what uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you're so good at this, Matt. I'm so mm -hmm. glad you're like my I said, I've been in podcasting for a long time. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, I'm going to edit it so good. Okay, this is great. Um, so good. So, uh, Roses. Uh, 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 uh. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that sound effect is on there. <laughs> Please comment below. I don't know where we're, where we're posting this podcast, but what other sound effects would you like for our podcast is art experience? <laughs> Please let me know. Uh, so yeah, my foray into adventure games when I was very, very young, I was like four or five, my aunt had a Tandy computer, very American. Uh, they That was the computer that came from Radio Shack. That was Radio Shack's computer. And she had King's Quest Three, And I was so, I don't know, I was just very intrigued by it. If anyone's ever played the King's Quest games, they're very cozy looking. You know, they look kind of fantasy, kind of fairy tale. And you know, you play as you're playing in third person. So I'm playing as Gwydion, who I used to call Gilligan because I couldn't. I was like, what is this weird name? So I would call him you Gilligan. You get the name. Yeah. Yeah. Because what is that? Gwydion. So I call him Gilligan. And uh, I remember, you know, exploring this, this setting as him. And I found a cup. It's just a random cup on the table. I'm like, well, I don't know. What do I do? What do I do with this? And my aunt was helping me type. And I'm like, can we take it? Can we take the cup? And so we did, and I got a point, and it was like love at first sight. I'm like, I love this. This is my favorite love, thing ever. I want to play all these games. I love getting a point. I love getting a single, like seriously, it was a single point. Do you still have, like, do you still play King's Quest Three ever? Yeah, I do. I actually do. <laughs> so it's it's certainly more than, for me, just a nostalgia game from my past. I do pick it up, and I do play it every now and then it's one of the uh adventure game reviews that's on my channel i loved reviewing it as you can imagine it's no longer what i would say my favorite adventure game but it, it holds a special place in my heart obviously um i would say my top i got like a top three i got grim fandango the dagger of Haman ra which people will be like oh god and um where did it go i just had it it was just there. Oh, Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. That's up there too. I never played Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. I have played the other two. Do you ever yeah. play the uh, the King's Quest Three Redux? 
I didn't like it. Okay. Not so, because it's not good, because I am picky. <laughs> so, uh, in case in case we have any non-hardcore adventure game fans here, so these games were made a long time ago, and uh, they they look it and they sound it and they feel it. Um, mm. But this studio AGD Interactive um, in the two thousands started remaking really really faithful versions of king's quests one two and three i think mm-hmm. that's where they stopped right i think so i don't think they ever did four and so they remade them sort of in the style of like a retro style but sort of the style of the later king's quest games yeah. um the point to point and click Yes. Right? They're yeah, they're not parsers. Correct. Yeah, cuz the okay. original ones were parsers, which means you had to type in everything you wanted to do. Uh you had to type like uh Rose is saying you have to type in take, take cup. up. Yeah. Uh and sometimes you just don't know what the right thing is. Yeah. Uh you like especially in a timed sequence which happened sometimes back then, uh like a dragon would be coming at you and you'd be like uh Get sword, take sword, move sword, use, pick use up sword, sword use sword, throw sword, water. Throw, sword throw water, run. Yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> you'd just be typing things so fast. Reason with dragon. T- talk to dragon. <laughs> yes. And so, so many times the game would just be like, I don't know what get means. Yeah, I don't I understand. Sword, because you mistyped sword. If I look back, like, it, it, they were picky, but actually, upon replaying them, in modern times, I'm like, they did have a pretty good, like, vernacular in them. They got a lot of what I was trying to say, unless it was, like, something super picky or unless I was really, really messing it up. I played those games a little later. So, oh, is it time for my origin story? Yeah, so you didn't, I grew up first on adventure games in my adolescence and then, mm-hmm. or uh, pre-adolescence, sorry. Pre-adolescence was Sierra Games and then after I got into like LucasArts. What was your what was your interest? How did that go? Yeah, so I had the opposite. So I started with LucasArts. I had, I think, some a gateway computer. Fun, um, as did everyone. <laughs> they were right. very inexpensive computers. So my dad was a computer programmer and all his friends were computer nerds. So we, he set up our computer and then he would just bring home tons of pirated software. And oh. yeah, uh, um. <laughs> I th- statute of limitations is up on this. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I remember like clicking through all these like poorly formatted file names uh, and seeing one that was just called monkey. And being like, oh, I like monkeys and clicking on that. And, uh, you know, this beautiful, like, blue and purple island Mm -hmm. rises out of the rises out of the screen. And this amazing music plays behind it. This, like, sort of uh, pseudo Caribbean music. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Very piratey. And then this. Silly, adorable little blonde boy comes out. And he's like, I want to be a pirate. That's and so I was like, cute. and it was the secret of Monkey Island. And I was absolutely in love. I was like, I'm an adorable little blonde boy. <laughs> I would love to go on a pirate adventure. <laughs> so I like, I really related to Guybrush Threepwood because he was silly and he was incompetent 
and he was game for anything, right? Like those are those are sort of the the traits of Guybrush Threepwood. I need to make an amendment here now that you've said that, crud. <laughs> so in my top three, this is going to change every two seconds, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, I would say that Curse of Monkey Island is up there with one of my favorite games of all time. I just, I needed to amend that. I felt guilty <laughs> upon not saying it. Now right. I feel better. I played Monkey Island just over and over and over. Just the first one? Uh, no, like I couldn't make it anywhere in the game and I didn't understand that it was different than a normal game. Like you mm. uh, can't lose. Right. So yeah, rather than you can't just lose in those games banging my head against it i'd be like i can't figure out what to do i'm just gonna start over <laughs> um so you know it was years before i got off of melee island and because yeah i was six years old i think when i first played this game yeah and yeah it was years before i got off melee island and even longer before i beat the game and then i was like i need more of these games and i found out there was a sequel uh lechuck's revenge and then curse of monkey island came out and curse of monkey island was so good i thought yeah. it was so funny and so charming and it was hitting just every every button i needed at that point in my life um, yeah. as you know just like a nerdy outcast semi-indoor kid and it was like the perfect point and click. And I don't I don't say that lightly. Right. I really do think that. Right. Uh and for its time, like those graphics were unbelievable. I think and I think they hold up too. I think that game looks gorgeous. It still looks modern to me. Right. It's one of those games that because they went with a cartoon and I, I find this with a lot of early adventure games. The ones that went with a cartoony art style mm -hmm. really hold up versus the ones that were trying to uh push bounds yeah like I know. <laughs> 3d games look terrible so yeah so after i played curse of monkey island i was like i want to play every single one of these that exists Aww. and so i would you know every time uh i could get my parents to take me to the mall i'd buy a new computer game and so i ended up playing all the lucas arts games and then some random ones that uh i bought at a store and one of them ended up being circle of blood which is the which was the American name of Broken Sword One? Oh yeah, but you know what? Templars. Broken Sword. I I didn't grow up on those. I tried to play it in adulthood, and I lost my patience. And I know they're good games. I really should I get back to that. You know what we should we should kind of bring up because I think this is this is really important. Is we had our first like loves of adventure games because we found a game that we liked, and then that kind of snowballed into other things but a really big proponent for me was home of the underdogs which was a website <laughs> where you could i don't know if i don't think it's still up there might be it might be archived or something it's not active but it was kind of like gog before gog except illegal where you could go and statute could, of limitations is up you know? on this <laughs> Nobody, nobody call the cops on Roses or my dad. <laughs> okay, look, I downloaded Quest for Glory. I'm sorry. I bought it later. I made up for it. So I forgot about Home of the Underdogs. And I, I'll let you continue explaining it. But I yeah. forgot about it until you brought it up while we were discussing starting this podcast. Yeah, and it just came right back up into my, into my brain. Just it was something that 
early on the internet, it was hard to install games at that time. It was actually much easier to go and find these older games on like an aggregate website and just download them. And I did that. Right. And Home of the Underdogs, I want to make it clear, it wasn't just adventure games. There were categories. Um, the categories were fun. Like I always went to the uh, the grand adventure category. That was one of them. <laughs> because <laughs> those were like the king's quests and the fantasy things and there might have been one specifically even for point and click so i i went there and one of the first games i found on there was callahan's cross time saloon and i was just enamored with that game i i think it's one of the most underrated adventure games out there unfortunately it is not available for purchase on like you can't download it is not out there yet so you know get it by any means that you uh feel comfortable getting it with uh but i think it's and so worth playing but if you do it now the statute of limitations is not up and we will call the cops on you remind me did you play that game or not i have not played callahan's cross time saloon that should maybe maybe uh we'll tackle that in a future episode of this podcast okay. i just adore i can i'm i'm getting a feeling right now as i talk about it because it just got me through uh, do you such... need to play the uh do you need to play the dagger music oh yeah oh my god let's play some so as yes as i talk about this let's just uh so you're getting a feeling so anyway <laughs> i was alone in my bedroom bored one night <laughs> Sorry, that should, that stuff should be reserved for my murder mystery stuff. But yeah, I that that game got me through such tough times. I played it as a, a younger teenager after I lost my dad. I lost my dad when I was 14. And I just needed stuff to do. You know, I needed stuff to soothe me. Right. And just getting into adventure games really, really did that. Uh, and I would spend hours on Callahan's. This was at a time where I, I did have the internet, but walkthroughs weren't as um, detailed, I guess, as they are now. It was just kind of, it was just some guy on like an <laughs> Angel Fire website being like, click on this thing. And I'm like, it's not working. So I would have to just fumble my way through Callahan's. And the funny thing is on Home of the Underdogs, downloads need to be pretty small. So a lot of those games didn't come with voice. So I never knew that this game had voice until later. And when I found it, I like, <laughs> I, I lost my shit. I was so excited. So I, I remember Home of the Underdogs because like, like you, that's where I went to get a bunch of adventure games. I, if I couldn't find it there, there were other means. I just can't remember the names of any of the sites, but a lot of them would give you a virus. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, you know, after I got through all the LucasArts games, I went to try the Sierra games. But I think I grew up as like a comic book kid and there was that uh, really contrived rivalry in comic books between Marvel and DC. Mm hmm. But for whatever reason, I really bought into that as a kid. <laughs> like I was a Marvel <laughs> kid and fuck DC. Yeah. And so then when I started playing Sierra games. I was like, no, I'm a LucasArts guy and fuck Sierra. Oh <laughs> like, not knowing that nobody does that. Like nobody else was picking sides. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's like that. doing this. <laughs> like there are people everybody... that have a preference. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone else is like, yeah, they, yeah, uh, they're both good. And, and I'm like, no, you gotta choose a side. Yeah. I just, I was just drawn to, I, I think because of home of the underdogs, 
I was just drawn to any adventure game that I could find that looked that looked grand adventure or whatever yeah. the, whatever the category was that they put that in. I think one of the things that helped uh, that helped along my uh, my choosing a side was that Sierra games are so hard. Yeah, they're d- and, ridiculous. And you yeah. die over and over and over, and you have to create a million save files. Yeah, uh, and even then, you might create a million save files from the beginning of the game all the way to the end of the game, and you might find that all of them are useless because the thing you missed was before your first save file. Yeah. Like there's something at the end of the game that you needed to pick up at the beginning of the game and if and never use until the last five minutes. And if you didn't do that, you got to load that first save and do it all over again. Or um, just if you've really messed up, which I have, <laughs> um, you have to just start over. I've had to do that. I've yeah. had it where... Like I have saved games, but there there was just an instance, and it was in King's Quest Five because of course it is, um, where I just really messed up. Like I I didn't I didn't throw the boot at the cat. I I just really I ate the pie. Like I ate, yeah. <laughs> you don't eat food in adventure games, people. You, you just don't eat don't. food in adventure. Your character doesn't need nutrition. They're a pixel. <laughs> they don't even go to the bathroom, so don't even worry about it. Don't eat. I, we're we're being serious. If you get food as an inventory item in an adventure game, do not eat it. No do not, not eat it. The things you're talking about in King's Quest Five. King's Quest King's Quest Five is notorious for this. And if you're a listener who doesn't know King's Quest Five, um, there is a sequence, and I guess I guess spoilers, but mm-hmm. who gives a shit? There's a sequence in which you walk into a room and a cat is chasing a mouse <sighs> and if you just pause for a second and you're like oh what's happening here the cat gets the mouse and kills the mouse and that's it and that's it and you're like that oh mouse that was weird mid. yeah that was weird right right if you have the foresight and you're quick enough to throw a what is it if you throw the a a stick well it's it's either or. I always throw the boot. I know this is the this is the thing. If you throw this, you think of it really quick, and you're like, oh, I I gotta throw something at that cat, save that mouse. You throw the stick. Well, then it stops the cat, and the mouse is fine. Either way, whether you throw the stick or you let the mouse die, there will come a point later on in the game where either you're trapped, <laughs> you're kidnapped and trapped and tied up in a basement, and you find yourself just like. There's nothing I can do. You're like clicking everywhere. You're trying yeah. everything possible. And you're like, why can't I can't do anything? Because you need the stick. First of all, if you saved the mouse, the mouse will just come untie you. It'll be yes. like, thanks. You're like, what the hell? How was I supposed <laughs> to do that? But then like you think there's another point where you need a stick. And if you throw it at the cat, then you don't have a stick. And now and there's nothing stick. you can do to prog- progress. And you do find a boot and it's not guaranteed that you'll find a boot before you meet the cat. Right. You can do these things out of order. uh, So if you, if you already have the boot and you choose to throw the boot instead of the stick and you have the foresight to think, Oh, maybe I'll need that mouse later. (laughs) (laughs) Like the thing is there's just as much chance that the cat will get mad at you and then not help you later. Like, how on earth would you even guess? 
Yeah. No, I don't even, I don't know if I just had a better brain, a more sponge-like brain when I was young, <laughs> but I, I got that King's Quest V was one of the first talkie games I got. It came with my Sound Blaster pack and I don't know how I got pretty far in it. I just, I just trial yeah. by fire, I guess. I just kept chipping away at it. And <laughs> um, I'm one of those people who like wasn't annoyed by Cedric the Owl. So I, I found it very fun and, and very entertaining for like my first, my first talkie game. What's, let's, let's hear your best Cedric the Owl. Oh my God. Uh, Grim, watch out. A poisonous snake. Thank you, thank you. That's a lot. That's a lot gentler. That's a lot gentler than I would have thought. You want to hear mine? It's gentler. I'm not yeah. gonna do a heavy Cedric. All right, let me back up from the mic for this one. Okay. Graham, watch out! Uh-oh. It's a poisonous snake. <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, it's very emphatic. I don't remember Cedric being that emphatic. That's all in my mind. He is screaming at <laughs> me the entire screaming. time. He's just screeching in my ears. Uh, so there's also a puzzle in King's Quest. This is the, the thing I wanted to say. There's also a thing in King's Quest where I think you get a croissant and you get a pie. And you need to give somebody not food a croissant. at some point. It's, it's, a, what is it? it's a leg it's a, of lamb. If you give the pie, you get past the puzzle and you're fine. And then later, you find yourself like attacked by a monster and nothing in your inventory will work yeah the yeti (laughs) if you instead fed the thing the leg of lamb then later you can throw a pie at the yeti and it's just like so utterly absurd so i think these things made me so mad as a kid it was really easy to be like i'm not playing sierra games i hate these Uh, yeah understood they really are they really are difficult, um, except that I know that you and I both have a Sierra game that we are like wild about. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, so I played all these games again in my 20s. Okay, but we still have um, one that we that And we I love. loved and I played through all of them and I loved them. And I'm trying to I'm like stalling for time trying to imagine <laughs> which game specifically you're referencing. We talked about it in depth. Okay, I'm gonna count to three. <laughs> we're both we're oh both gonna God. say it. Okay, so on the count, of, I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then say it. Okay. This is what I'm gonna say is gonna be wrong, and it's gonna be so embarrassing. And our listeners are going to <laughs> send you letters, being like, "Get a different co-host." What if it's get right? A, get a different special boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do it. I, I have faith okay, in you. Right. Okay, ready? All right. One. Yeah. Two, One, two, three, three. Quest for Glory yeah. five. Oh my God, that is so. I was about to say Phantasmagoria. Um, I, I was hearing mumbling something. I'm like, it's not right. Whatever it is. No, no, no. Quest for Glory. Oh my God. So that is one of the games that I picked up at a so like a, a software store. Was it, was it a Babbage's? It wasn't a Babbage's. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know why I'm calling this a software store. It's got to be. <laughs> there had to be a different name for it. Like time. a Best but Buy? I don't. I Now I can't remember. It might have even just been like a GameStop. You know how they used okay. to have like one rack? Yeah, of they did. PC games. Yeah. And Quest for Glory. I didn't know the lineage of Quest for Glory. I That's thought it same. was like other video games where you play number five. It's just. Like a brand new entry, might yeah. have completely new characters, has 
no connection to the previous games. Uh, that's not the case with Quest for Glory 5. <laughs> I mean, as, as I played through it, I, I did get mine out of Babbage's. Um, I convinced my parents to buy it for me. <laughs> and as I played it, I did realize that these are not, they're not like Final Fantasy. They are connected. And there are characters being like, nice to see you again. I'm like, what? <laughs> what now? And then later I had to go back and play all the other Quest yeah. for Glories. But Quest for Glory 5 has such a special place in my heart it is broken it is absurd it's mildly offensive i love that game i don't know what it is when you say broken you mean broken like I there mean broken, are yeah there are there are paths that you can take in that game that just don't work yeah it's broken. just like if if you choose to i think it's like there's a there's a there's a something with frankenstein's castle and for a long time I think until a fan patch was made, if you chose the smart route, like the brains rather than brawn route to get through this Frankenstein's castle puzzle, things just didn't happen. Yeah. It is, like it's also would, broken combat like, wise. You would basically pull a lever and nothing would occur. Oh, I, rem- I remember <laughs> like, that. Oh my yeah. God. And the only solution, it wasn't like you just go back a little bit and come back and it'll work or just restart your game and it'll work. It The only solution is to restart your entire game and hope that that weird errant line of code doesn't happen again. I, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, that I mean that makes it especially broken. I was even just thinking of, like, the broken combat system, like, the broken mechanics, to, uh, speed and timing. Just, it's all, <laughs> it's all not great. Yeah, the combat is always either impossible or uh, hilariously easy. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> How do, I played that game like a crazy person, though. I Same. Even in even in modern times, I would still go through. I would play each class. I would go through every storyline. I love playing the thief. I like getting the blackbird, and I love well, uh, romancing everyone. <laughs> oh my god! For a, like a horny, uh, oh, like eleven year old Matt Aukamp trying to playing that game and having the like exotic dancer <laughs> come yeah. on to my character oh my god oh boy like i uh, <laughs> i needed to rest yeah. after yeah. that sequence oh yeah plus for glory five <laughs> <laughs> uh so i i guess let's set up quest for glory a little bit yeah um quest for glory is a series of games that started a little after uh, all the other sierra games so sierra games was known for having games that said quest <laughs> so yes. they had king's quest was their fantasy game space quest was their sci-fi game police mm-hmm. quest was about uh stupid i mean stupid great stupid cop. i mean awesome <laughs> Dumb Great cops. Games. And literally <laughs> racism is baked into the police quest games. That is, so yeah. like honestly, yeah. there are times where it's like there's a bunch of you're pulling a bunch of cars over and if Yeah and you get to make the decision whether to like give these people a ticket, search their cars, let them go, like that kind of thing. And uh you just and there was no there wasn't much of an indicator whether these people were like secretly bad guys or not, but I'm pretty sure now somebody might correct me. I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the one guy you couldn't let go, like you were supposed to let the rich asshole go, the rich white asshole. And then you were not supposed to let the black man go. Ah, 
Oh, it's you would not like get good. in trouble if you did. Yeah. Uh, so so they had all these quest games, uh, and one of them was Quest for Glory, and Quest for Glory was uh, made by this couple. God, what are their I believe names? In you. you better edit this out. Oh, I'm my not God. editing this out. They are called Lori. Not oh, Lori and Corey Cole. You did it! Oh my God, with no help. I was like trying to Google so fast, <laughs> sweating. Um, so that, yeah, this couple, Lori and Corey Cole, who are this just it's just like two corny ass game designers who love to make puns and love to. Uh, they sure do. They're just silly, silly people. They clearly like got into writing by playing D anD D with their friends. Oh and, yeah, and <laughs> and the games are a cross between. Role-playing games where you have a character, you pick a class, you level up their skills. And you level up their skills in such wild ways. Like, uh, if you want to level up climbing, you just stand by a tree for an entire day. And you click <laughs> on the tree over and over. And your guy climbs the tree and climbs back down and climbs the tree. And climbs I did it. Down. I leveled up. You could level up strength by, like... Like, punching. Just, like, punching a wall <laughs> or whatever. Like, it's so absurd. Um... And then it's, like, interspersed with point-and-click puzzles. Right. right. Like, more traditional adventure game mm -hmm. puzzles. And it, it, the combo is very intriguing to me. Yeah. You know, I really, I like that at the time, even though it is, like, RPG light. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, you're right. raising stats, but like you said, it, it's very easy to do that. It's kind of clunky. Uh, the combats, there is a combat system. That's a little clunky. Um, it gets a lot more RPG heavy in Quest for Glory 5, the one we were talking about. It um, sure did make even, an attempt. <laughs> even then, it's R <laughs> it's it's RPG light, uh, but yeah. it's heavy for an adventure game. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to explain Quest for Glory real quick in case. I do recommend those games. Yeah, I think they're great. I'm sure there's some problematic stuff in them, too. But. I would say don't be afraid to use maybe a guide. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. There's no way you're going to get through, especially some of the early games, without a guide. You could probably do one. You almost certainly couldn't do two without a guide. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. And you can maybe clunk your way through Quest for Glory 5. Because I did. <laughs> I just, and like, fumbled my way through it. And four. If you save your game enough you can get through four. I think I made it through four without a guide. I um, think you, yeah, I think you can. And that's not to say you would do the best or have like the best score and the best things, but I think you can get there. And four is great. Mm -hmm. It's got a spooky aesthetic for all of my little spooky goths out there. That's the, <laughs> that's the vampiric one. They're it's vampires. the funniest name. It's the funniest name for something like dark uh, and brooding. It's shadows of darkness. <laughs> That was like the name of my short story when I was like 10 years old. I'm a goth. Here's my story. You know when you have darkness and then it has it casts a shadow? <laughs> it's like that. It's like that, guys. It's, it's perfect. It's on point. Uh, yeah, and I think the Quest for Glory games are meant so that you don't hit those dead ends like we were talking about with King's Quest. Um, I think 2 has a couple dead ends, but I'm pretty sure the other 4 don't you can just die a lot or you miss can die, cool yeah. stuff like you can miss special weapons or 
spells or things like that that make the game more fun but you can't i don't think you can get into an unwinnable state if there is it's much less so than the other than the other quest games and i think the big thing is you'll get to the end you just might not have a lot of people uh celebrating you at the end like there's always a scene at the end of every quest for glory games where all the characters you encountered (laughs) and helped like are in a room and they're all cheering you on and like if you play bad there'll be like three people (laughs) (laughs) so sad it's the same thing in a king's quest six like you can speed you can do kind of a speed run on king's quest six and you can choose a shorter route to get through that game but if you do that like nobody the whole point is alexander's getting married to his princess nobody will be at your wedding there will be like a person (laughs) it is so sad (laughs) and everybody you help in king's quest six like it's so satisfying everybody's so appreciative and you feel like you're making like a real change in that world (laughs) that would just be the worst it's uh, bad yeah i played it just for the hell of it i'm like oh I didn't save Kasima's parents. My parents think I'm dead, probably. What's going on here? So so you wanted to talk about one more game before we move on to our next segment. One more game that definitely had an impact on, I guess, my love for adventure games, and that's Sanitarium. I found it at a Best Mm -hmm. Buy when I was very young. I only found it in the jewel case. I now have the, the in box. Somebody got it for me in box. But I found it and... I I had never played a game like that before. This was my first time playing, I guess, what you would call a spooky game, more of a thriller type of a game. It has dark undertones to it. It might not be yes. scary to some people, but it is on the darker side. It was not a comedic adventure game. And at the time, a lot of adventure games had a comedic thing going on. Yeah. It um, was meant to be scary. Yeah, it was meant to have have this aesthetic. And like I said, I'd never played anything like it. I really love the format of playing through these chapters. Have you played Sanitarium? I have. I just played it, I think, uh, last year, early okay. last year. As a not, as a person who didn't have nostalgia for it, what did you think? It's a little rough. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little rough. <laughs> it's a little rough. It's there. There are segments of it because the thing about sanitarium is you are a person who is not sure if he's losing his mind or experiencing something supernatural. So uh, you will go through these. They're almost like it's like levels. It's like an adventure Mm -hmm. game with levels in it. And I call call them chapters because you're not like leveling up. You're just going through different chapters. Good point. You're right. Um, So you would you'll go through like a chapter you're a different person in each chapter you go back to being yourself in between the chapters but you become like a different being in a completely different setting like you're a a little girl in a house is one of them yes that's one of my favorite chapters and you're like a a pharaoh in ancient egypt or something yep aztec stuff yeah oh ancient (laughs) ancient aztec ancient aztec stuff yeah and yeah. like a comic book character, um, and like an alien god, I think. Oh yes, that yeah, that's that's about as good as a description as I think we could give that the alien thing. That was a weird. I and, don't like that level. 
I, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like some of these are way better than others. That's true. That I will agree with that for sure. And I think I even say that, say as much in my review, but I, I just had never seen something that was so aesthetically for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had just lost my dad. I was kind of in, a, in going through this period where I was figuring out like my own style and the things that I like. And now I know exactly who, I'm, who I am and it's great. But at the time I was like, I don't know. And that just kind of hit on everything I liked. This this poor, angsty, depressed little roses. And now she gets her like cathartic adventure game. <laughs> and I typically don't even like it's isometric. I typically don't like that, but I do like it in sanitarium. And yeah, a lot of my love for it is is nostalgia, but I would say it was also um an inspiration to pick up other non-Sierra and non-LucasArts adventure games at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we wrap this up, I, I, I wanna I wanna <laughs> drop some honorable mentions here. Uh <laughs> games adventure games that I played as a kid and also really stuck with me. One is uh Dust, a tale of the Wired West. It was a an FMV cowboy game that had a little bit of action to it, but it was mostly an adventure game. Um and you're, you know, wandering around a town and there's uh, Native American magic <laughs> floating oh around the town because, of course, uh, and... What was it written by Stephen King? <laughs> you're just like a cowboy trying to put things right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Toonstruck, which is a game yeah. that stars uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yep. From, from Back to the Future. Uh and has like this Mel Blanc style animation and you are an FMV captured. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd walking around this cartoon land. Yeah. Like, like Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And then the game that killed adventure games for nearly 10 years. Wait, don't, don't say it. Don't you dare say it. One of the last, one of the last ones that I played, one of the last adventure games I played before I like moved on uh, and then came back. Is it Grim Fandango? Later. No, it's oh. but very close. Um, it's close to uh oh, what, Phantasmagoria? No, can't be no. Phantasmagoria. I don't know Closer, what. Uh, Escape from Monkey Island. Oh, that okay. That is the fourth Monkey yeah. Island game with horrible 3D, and there are some apologists for Escape from from. I'm uh, one of them. Monkey Island out there. <laughs> Uh, you're wrong and they're wrong. It's a horrible game. <laughs> I just you. replayed it last year. It is so bad. The writing is bad. The puzzles are bad. Uh, there's this sequence uh, called Monkey Combat that doesn't make any sense in game and it doesn't make any sense mechanically. There are uh -huh. times you just can't win. It, d it depends who goes first and if the computer makes a mistake. That's true. You can be perfect and you still lose. Um, okay, but Counterpoint, I yes. love that game. <laughs> That's it. That's a good Counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to move to our next segment? <laughs> we'll argue about that later uh, at a later time. Probably off uh, off stream, <laughs> off podcast. <laughs> we have to talk about our friendship real quick. Uh, yes, let's start our next segment. Do we want to give them a little break? Would you like me to cue some music or do you want to just plow right through it? 
I think we should cue some music. Okay, We've already gone long enough. Maybe, I, yeah, we need a little break. The sexy music, right? I thought it was the... <laughs> oh man are we leaving this in? i thought it was the grim fandango music oh no it's all it's we're leaving all this in all right cueing music <laughs> oh, no. story i went to go get a drink noticed that i had drank it all and then came back without a drink uh and that was my break how was your break uh i coughed good a little bit and i uh drank a little bit of whiskey what <laughs> had a little bit of whiskey next to me and i decided to have some of it okay and that was my break good i'm glad i'm glad glad we're all back um let's <laughs> let's smoothly go into our segment segment and this is where we hope to like i stated earlier champion some indie adventure games hopefully more modernish games and uh matt and i decided to talk about the game perfect tides uh matt would you like to begin okay perfect tides yeah uh it was a game that was released in uh 2022 by uh meredith gran who was a like a webcomic person before that? Yeah, and I didn't even know that. I thought that was so cool when I figured <laughs> that out. Yeah, me neither. I didn't know it when I started the game. Um, I haven't read her webcomics yet, but they are they are on my list because this game is so good. It takes place. It's uh in it's like a period piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, takes place in the year two thousand. Uh, you are a young girl named Mara. You're 15, just about to turn 16. Uh, you live on a small island that Called? I do. You know the name of the island? Perfect Tides. The name of the island's Perfect Tides. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I believe you. I just <laughs> that that detail did not stick in my memory that that was the name of their island. What a uncreative name for an island. <laughs> not on Meredith Grand's yeah, part. This, this is not on you, Meredith. This is not no, on no. you. No, no. No, I'm sure there's plenty of... I, I'm sure that's realistic. I'm sure there's plenty of people <laughs> who who uh, built a town on an island and then didn't know what to name the island. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so you live on a... Like, you live on an island where you have to take a ferry to and from the mainland every day to go to school and to get your groceries and such. Um, which is a, a cool setting, but the thing that is gripping about Perfect Tides is it's just this really honest and relatable encapsulation of, you know the entire coming of age experience yeah the idea especially in of, 2000 right the idea of going from 15 to 16 and all that entails and we'll get into it but uh on top of that this picture of what it was like to live as a kid in the year 2000 um 
and how much of your life centered around like AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, AOL. <laughs> total Request Live, baby. That was my life. There's a Total Request Live reference in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's uh, it's just this really good, really sweet, really honest. Uh, I say sweet, but also disturbing and scary and um funny it's just like remember your teenage years and how they were scary and disturbing and funny and sweet and stupid uh yeah this game really captures all of that yeah and when i i think you're the one who told me about it and i'm like oh i gotta play this game i don't know somebody told me about it it might have been you but what what got me was, oh, it's about a 15-year-old who just lost her dad who mm. spends a lot of time online. <laughs> it's it's me. It's me. <laughs> you know, dyes her hair weird colors, has a strained relationship with her family. Like, yep, yep. Shots fired, uh, Meredith Grand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really related to... Uh, at, at some point she starts getting into like the punk scene yeah um more from the social side than the music side uh i loved the music as a kid but i i really related to that i was yeah. a punk kid i was like there's a character in this game um who has a blue mohawk and like a studded leather jacket yep and that did remind me of you i'm like oh that's this little matt <laughs> I didn't I didn't wear glasses back there. I was supposed to, but I uh, thought they looked bad on me. <laughs> I think so. we, were, we were all there, trust me. Now we're all blind. Also, yeah, and also this guy is like a little too um, horny. And I was like, yeah, okay, this, <laughs> this like horny, awkward, rebellious, but not really for any specific reason, punk rock kid with a mohawk. That's exactly me. That was exactly Aww. me in the year 2000. No, it's really perfect. And I like that you described it as honest. Because mm. I think because it is about a teenager, right? Even though it is extremely emotional and sad, this character that you play can get annoying. They can get emotionally um, vampiric almost, you know, just zap the yeah. energy out of everything. That character is, is even called out for it by one of her, you know, in-game character friends. And I, I think honest is a good way to put it because it can get cringy. You're kind of looking at this at, at the outside and being like, what is this girl's damage? You know, like she... <laughs> right. <laughs> she wants to be loved. She wants somebody to love her, but only on um, only the way she wants to be. You know, on her exact um, terms, on her yeah. exact terms. Um, and this I could really relate to as well. It tells kind of a little story about how she has an online love interest only through um, instant messenger, only through AOL or AIM and, uh, and a, um, a fan fiction community in a fan fiction community. That's right. And so like I that's kind of like what I would do online. It wasn't fan fiction. It was um, AOL role play. So I would have these friends and we'd all go to a chat room. We'd all real-time role play. And I, yeah, I had a romantic interest that I would know only through text. And at the time, it was very difficult to get picture. I didn't know what he looked like. You know, like there were not, you'd have to scan a picture, you know, and yeah. put it online and take a bajillion years. <laughs> at that? And, and um, part of that part of my life is so interesting because uh, Meredith writes this very accurately. The character kind of, forgets about this online 
person that she has a connection with because she meets someone in real life. And it's just this interesting thing, this interesting transition from being online all the time to being offline. It's so interesting the way the game opens up. She's she's taking the fairy um, mm-hmm. back from school with her like childhood best friend who she's sort of growing apart from. Like that friend is becoming sort of more popular. Yeah, more she's cool. more social. While Mara is Mara is becoming more isolated and nerdy. And uh the very first conversation she has in the game is her friend Lily just had sex for the yeah. first time. And it captures this this thing that happens when you're around that age, when people start having sex, where you're like, you're impressed and you're jealous, yeah. but you're also like appalled a little bit and like you feel almost betrayed. Like th- these people are stepping from one world, the world of childhood, into this completely other world. Yeah. And you're you don't know if you're ready to let them you don't know if you you don't know if you want to let them and you don't know if you're ready to go there either yeah i mean like i I, even just playing it as an adult i'm like these characters are 15 what was i doing (laughs) when i was 15 i mean yeah i was that's when those interests came to light i couldn't imagine like having a friend that like had sex at 15 though uh so like even playing it okay all right what are you trying to say, Matt? <laughs> I know. I, uh, <laughs> yes? I guess I had a little bit of a wilder 15 than you. Oh, my God. Listen, I was a high school dropout. I had other things that I needed mm. to be doing. Like <laughs> like nothing, as an example. <laughs> I, I waited until I was an adult. I was 18. Thank you very much. I'm, I am the moral one here. There's a funny thing about losing your virginity uh, as a young teen is uh, if you if you break up with that partner and then you go looking for other partners, nobody else is there yet. <laughs> so you just now you understand how cool sex is. But now for like a year or two, you're just sort of stranded in a sexless world. <laughs> and you're like trying really hard not to like push anybody that direction. But you're like, God, I want to do, do more sex. sex and no one will do sex. But yeah, Mara is both like seemingly impressed, but also distraught. That her friends, I think, I think she feels that well, she's going to be even more distant from her now because they're in two totally different worlds. The game is really smart about this in other ways too, and uh, these are some of the disturbing things. Uh, one of the the very next character you meet um, is like a, another old friend and is telling you about that uh, old child myth like myth that goes around with it through teenagers mm-hmm. about the stranger i don't know if it's necessarily a myth yeah it's just yeah. one of those weird sex things that kids talk about where if it'll you feel like another person make your hand go numb and then you it'll feel like another person yeah um and but before he tells her this he's clearly much older and he says wait how old are you and she goes 16 and she's like well i'm 15 i'll be 16 in a few months and she's clearly uncomfortable but also uh trying not to be 
trying to be like, oh, uh, no, that's normal for people to talk about sex with each other. We're, we're f- I'm 15. Um, but you can tell she's kind of being drug into this next phase of adulthood. And there's some more disturbing examples of that later. I, I, I had a heart. I think I was texting you throughout yeah. playing it, right? I'm like, well, this is rough. <laughs> it's very rough. <laughs> Yeah, this is the point where she goes home and you find out yeah. um, she's missing her dad. Uh, she's got a brother <laughs> who uh, refuses to get a job because he's making money selling gold on Ultima Online. That's <laughs> <laughs> so of the time. Uh, and she like she gets into some fight with her family and it's that sort of thing where, like you're saying, she's kind of being a jerk and there's so many like you're like you were saying earlier there's so many places where she's just acting in a way or saying things that you do not want the character you're playing to say or do she becomes a little unlikable but also relatable you know which is why again i think honest is the best way to put it because yeah i remember being a teen and having those very valid you know, emotional feelings and she's grieving too because she lost her dad, mm-hmm. whether she knows it or not. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you're very, that's a very young age to go through grief. I was the same age. And so she is grieving whether she knows it or not. And I don't think she quite knows how to cope with it. So it comes out and kind of like, I want romantic interests or I'm going to start this shit up with my brother. It, it, I don't know. The brother character is interesting to me. I was ready to really hate him. Yeah, the brother character's interesting. And this is, actually, this is a place where I think, um, so this game artistically is very similar to, there's an old game by, is it by Dynamics? Uh, yes, Dynamics. Um, the Adventures of Willie Beamish. Yeah, That's published the, by Sierra. Oh, uh, yeah, it's this really stupid, it's, it's, it's wonderful, but it's this really stupid <laughs> game. Um, and you're this, like, little boy who... Uh, it's also sort of a coming of age story only yeah. like the the big events in it are like you're saving the town from an evil business conspiracy <laughs> from capitalism and, <laughs> right and you're <laughs> winning a frog you're running $2500 in a frog jumping race <laughs> so that you can enter a Nintendo competition I forget what Nintari, Nintari competition yeah aesthetically they look very similar i was getting the willy yeah. beamish vibe and also yes. they're both more way more adult than you would think. Um, I think even especially Willie Beamish has some more. Dis- it, it depends on your definition of disturbing, honestly. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Willie Beamish has more uh, troubling things, right? Like there's yeah. definitely more. There's more sexism in the Willie Beamish. Yeah. There's some sadistic game. parts. Like it, it's yeah, it's a bit much. But in um, per- I think Perfect Tides is definitely the more mature of the two. Yes, both. Yeah, I mean, in more ways than one, right? Like, I yes. think it has more mature themes, but also it's more maturely handled. Yes, yes, for <laughs> sure. But like, um, they are both, yeah, they're aesthetically similar and both that coming of age, dealing with family. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your friends. Um, but the, yeah, I guess the, the, Perfect Hides is definitely more centered on Mara's uh, growth and pain, you know? 
Right. And the reason I bring this up is uh, there's a character in Willie Beamish that is very similar to a character in Perfect Tides, which is uh, in, in Perfect Tides, you have an older brother who's mm-hmm. uh, kind of a jerk and <laughs> becomes an ox- obstacle at one point when he takes your internet away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have an older sister in Willie Beamish who's kind of a jerk and becomes an awful os- obstacle at some point where she takes your, and this is a weird thing, she takes your Nintari key away. Yeah, it's a console that has a key for reasons <laughs> unknown. Yeah. Well, you got to start it up. Yeah. <laughs> and start the engine on the Ninjari. But yeah, so your brother's like a, a, a kind of a complicated figure. He's also clearly grieving and also doesn't yeah. know the best way to express it. Yeah. And the, the game definitely touches on everyone's grief. You know, the mom is kind of what did you say blase about things you know um her brother is clearly acting up she doesn't the mom doesn't have the energy to really deal with him uh mara is just kind of a she's feisty she gets aggressive when she acts up and then her brother just yeah they're all grieving in different ways uh now did you grow all the vegetables i did not i okay (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know how I missed it. One of my vegetables was not grown in time for the um for something. But I did I did get <laughs> most of these puzzles correct because I I wanted to have the experience of getting like good things, getting good scenes and good endings yeah. and all that. Um, so yeah, that's another that sweet. similarity to Willie Beamish, where there's a lot there's certain puzzles that there's multiple ways to achieve them, and there's things that you can just absolutely miss. Yeah. Um, because Perfect Tides doesn't have like a real time structure, but it is organized into chunks of time. So right. if you don't do everything in that chunk of time, you just lose that thing. It's like and the Laura Bow are... games. It's not real time. It is like triggered time. Like you did this thing. Now this thing will happen, whether you did right. another thing or not. You know, it's good. The time's going to move. You have to make sure you've done everything that you can before you do the trigger. Um and you don't always right, know what correct. that trigger is going to be, so you might just miss stuff. Uh, but you you can still get right. to the end of the game. But I, I think we'll talk about that in a sh- shortly. So the game progresses. You um the game progresses. You keep you you know you're going back and forth between school and home, and then you keep you pass through different mm-hmm. seasons. You make friends with some punk rock kids at school. Um, oh, and we glazed over it. So that first day most days are ended by you sitting on your computer and typing um yeah and going on the community boards talking to people on right and you you make an online boyfriend uh that sarah was talking about Mm -hmm. his name is (laughs) this is this becomes a thing I, i guess we won't spoil it um but his name is staggle so she imagines him as a stag yeah, because again, you don't know what they look like. Yeah, you're not fucking scanning in pictures and wasting your time. It's just not. It's just not a thing. So <laughs> right, you just kind of have an you know imagine what your online boyfriend might look like. So I had an online girlfriend. It was earlier than this. I was uh, I, I found her in an AOL chat room. Um, a greeny zero zero one. If you're out there, come on, return to me. <laughs> Return to me. Come on. Get Re- out of here. Return to me, Greenie. We could have been return a great love. 
We could have been the greatest okay. love story of all time. Greeny zero zero one. Uh, and the screen name thank I you, shared with my the screen name I shared with my everybody who lived at my dad's house because <laughs> oh, we only no. had one AOL account. <laughs> oh no, I had I was the only one with a computer. Mm-hmm. I had my own just AOL setup, and I used every single screen name for role play characters. Wow, it was great. Yep, I loved it. So, um, yeah, uh, so yeah, and eventually you in the game sort of make a, a, a boyfriend in real life of sorts. And this yeah. is what you were alluding to, Sarah, this idea that once she makes, once she starts making real friends, her online friends suddenly just sort of disappear from her uh, thoughts. Yeah, I think it's because she she had more control online and then she kind of transitioned offline and there it's everything she did online was kind of degraded almost you know she's like oh what was i even doing on these these message boards and how did this guy even think i was his girlfriend that's not that's not it's almost so she feels like she's being treated terribly prior to this that she's right. being treated terribly by her mom, by her brother, by her friends. And yet, she, you know, she kind of turns into the bully herself on this online thing. Because uh, that's where she has control, right? Like, she doesn't really feel that control in person. But, hey, she can be the bully online. And so, right. yeah, those friends and that boyfriend, they just kind of fade away as she deals with, like, new friends and a new boyfriend. Who, I yep. want to say, mm-hmm. are not exactly like bad influences you know what i mean like they they are punks they do smoke they all smoke because in 2000 if you're a teenager you're probably smoking that's just, right. that's just the way of it um and they do some shitty things throughout yeah. the game but, but so I would does say they're not like they're character. not like violent or they never pushed sex you know sex on mara they're a little bit more realistic in my opinion than other teenagers in media mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, there's one scene that leaves. There's one scene that's a little ambiguous that could make them more nefarious. And mm-hmm. I think it is the most unrealistic scene in the game also. Um, oh, okay. I know what you're talking I don't want to spoil, but I, know, I do know what you're talking about. And yeah, that I think I would agree that there is so, an unrealistic part. There's a couple more scenes where people uh, sort of inject sexuality into mara's life unbidden um yeah there's a borderline and and uh, we'll just say this um there's a bunch of there's the sexual harassment that teenagers do right where yeah they think that they're being funny they think you're in on the joke and it does a really good job of depicting it from mara's point of view when some boys are messing with her and they think they're just playing around right and she's clearly upset and disturbed by what they're doing and then there's another scene that happens with a boy her own age that i think begins to border on assault yeah it would have went that yeah that's what have went there if she hadn't ran away yeah yeah um and then there's a scene with an adult much later that we're not going to get into right 
Yeah, it's it's actually very good at so interesting because I that is what my teens were like. Yeah. Strangely enough, um and it's horrifying now to look at that. You know, to to have these characters talk they're so young and to have to, to talk about these things so casually and nonchalantly. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, God, I must protect these teenagers. <laughs> like, I can't let anything right. happen to Mara because that would be horrifying. Um, while keeping it pretty realistic. And I, I would say that nothing, tra- nothing too traumatic. It, it doesn't get pushed is what I'm trying to say here. I'm not trying to say she doesn't go through traumatic things. But it doesn't ever get pushed to the point of like violent things, for example. Cor- correct. It, it yeah. sort of walks up to that edge, but she has, she's at least given enough agency in all these situations that she can leave, which is right. Um, which is nice for us as uh, consumers <laughs> of the piece yeah. of art, uh, because I did not want to see the opposite of that. No, um, me either. I was like, no. Yeah, uh, and I I don't even like having seen what I saw, right? Like, it it was just so uncomfortable. And it's interesting you say you want to protect them, but I remember being that age, and I remember situations similar to this, right? I remember people had different levels of comfort around sex um, at that age, and some thought it was funny, and some thought it was cool, and some thought it was uh, still too advanced. Um, And you consequently would run into this stuff all the time it was just a bunch of it's just a bunch of idiots trying to figure out what to do with these feelings (laughs) um (laughs) and sometimes that is that you know manifests into you know kids fumbling around in their bedroom and sometimes it manifests with just like one of your dickhead friends taking his penis out and yeah. waving it in front of everybody and right thinking that's a joke you know I thinking, yeah that's what joke is <laughs> this is comedy like, penis waving is art <laughs> is art is <laughs> artists suffer penis wave is art <laughs> uh, and i will suffer if that happens jesus <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah and so it really captures that feeling it really captures that like um this is just this is disturbing but I remember going through it around that those ages and feeling, uh, yeah, again that conflict, that conflicted feeling of like, oh, I guess yeah. this is what. Uh, now that we're grown up, this is how we do. Jokes. <laughs> yeah, quote, now that we're quote grown up, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're feeling uncomfortable, but you also don't, you don't want to be uncomfortable, so you're sort of pretending you're not. Yeah. Whew, it's it's real. And I I also think it's interesting playing not the most likable character. It is almost the, not the exact opposite, but like, let's consider Guybrush Threepwood. You like playing as that character. That character's funny. Even though he is bumbling and wrong a lot, he's funny. And you don't feel guilty playing as Guybrush. It's a lighthearted experience. Um, and I think most adventure games are like that. I don't. I don't. I can't think of many where you're just very complex and borderline unlikable. And Mara uh, has those moments as kind of an over emotional teenager. Gabriel Knight kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's. He, he, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a. He's another product of his time where he. Uh, you know. I feel he, like I was never quite like 
like cringing. I, I get what you're saying. He's he has his unlikable moments. I think the difference is Mara's moments made me like cringe. Yeah. I was like cringing. I mean, like, oh, Gabriel God. Knight was definitely a penis waver when he was. A He's definitely teenager. a penis waver. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe into his his adulthood, you know? He's very... (laughs) That guy, though. Played by the amazing Tim Curry, by the way. Look, I love the Gabriel Knight games. But yeah, that guy's a bit of a creep. Um, Kind of a dick. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I don't think we want to get too much deeper into the story. Because, like you said, we don't want to spoil it. Um, But these are the themes that it deals with. And it deals with them so well. And it'll break your heart. There is one other thing I want to talk about, which is, um, which I think is the game's biggest flaw, which is the multiple endings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I I think that also I would tie that into that's a design flaw in some of the puzzles then. Because if you, you know, you can only get these good endings if you meet exactly the requirements to do so. And these puzzles are hard. I'm not going to lie. Meredith, Meredith, these puzzles were hard. <laughs> these puzzles were hard. Well, I grew so, up on Sierra games, Meredith. <laughs> getting through the game is a little tough. Like there are definitely points where you're just going to be a little stuck. Um, yeah. But the bigger thing is making sure you do all the small um, extra things. Because mm-hmm. you need to do a certain percentage of them to get good quote-unquote good ending or the golden ending or whatever um now though there's two endings the bad ending is kind of nothing it's kind of a non-ending right yeah i remember you i i had played to get the good ending so i'm like just and i couldn't actually find because nobody wants this ending (laughs) like right true story i couldn't even find a, a bad ending unless i really combed you know through the internet um, because you don't want this ending. I ended up finding one on YouTube, and it's very, it's similar to the beginning of the good ending, but then it just stops. And if I had gotten that ending when I played this game, I, I think I would have, I don't think I would be that stoked on it. I think I would yeah, be disappointed with the game, to be honest. I mean, that makes sense. It's telling a story. It is weaving this beautiful narrative. And I'm actually working on a video right now about how um, an ending of a movie just annihilated the whole thing. And I think that that happens with the bad ending. Um, Agreed. The game is amazing with the good ending. Um, And the good ending is is pretty metaphorical, but it is so impactful and... uh, you know, it, it's the sort of thing where it has you sort of laughing and crying at the same time. It yeah. pumps you up while at the same, like, while it makes you sort of well up in your chest. It's, yeah. it's one of the best endings to a video game I've ever seen. And then that, that uh, bad ending is, is so the opposite. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're going to play Perfect Tides, I would save a lot. And mm-hmm. maybe um, every time the seasons change, maybe go check a walkthrough and make sure you didn't miss anything. Yeah, I agree. And the, because it is so narrative, I don't see a problem with even doing that. I I did use a walkthrough for a lot of it because I had planned on doing a more in-depth review. 
but I super enjoyed this game regardless. And it's also very, it's very, um, how do I say this scene heavy? Like there's going to be, there are puzzles. This is a point and click adventure game. You can get stuck. You can lose, like we just said, but it's very scene heavy. There's a lot of dialogue. Yeah. The focus is, is the story. Uh, yeah. It's not there to sort of test your brain as much as right. it is to tell you a story. It's there to test your heart. <laughs> and with that, I think maybe we end this segment. I, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, I think. Roses. Yes. I think we did an episode. We did an episode. And it only took us like five months. Yeah, we're good. Good at our jobs. We, we were like, let's try to keep this under an hour. I, I don't know what running time you, because we're looking at the entire time we've been on this call. So I don't know what running time you <laughs> listeners are looking at, but it's definitely over an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty long. Uh, this is just what happens uh, when we talk, to be honest. Yes. The, the thing about Matt and I is we will talk for five hours about adventure games. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, just how it is. Yeah, no exaggeration. Yeah, um, we're not exaggerating. So, but we're going to try to keep this thing a little more reined in. Um, this, as the first episode, we wanted to give you guys an introduction to us and like where we're coming from here. Uh, I think in the future, we're going to divide things into a little bit more clean sort of segments. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to, you know, introduce you guys to cool games we've been playing we want to talk about the things that interest us uh you know we're not really going to be an interview show but we do want to have guests on here and there um probably yeah we would keep them confined to one of these little segments um rather than that would be a whole episode so don't worry you'll get plenty of us (laughs) aren't you excited (laughs) um (laughs) And another thing, we want to solicit questions from you guys. Uh, we would love to address them. I don't think that's something that we'll do every episode, but that's something that we are interested in doing in the future. So our uh, email address, if you want to <laughs> reach out to us, is mattandroses at gmail.com. <laughs> and just spelled like those words, M-A-T-T-A-N-D-R-O-S-E-S. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. I think it's brilliant. I, I came up with that one, guys. <laughs> uh, as Rose has said, she's done a lot of Q&As on her website, so probably personal questions might not quite make it to the show. But if you want to ask us stuff about adventure games, if uh, you want to ask us for advice on um, maybe you need... Life. Maybe you need an adventure game to recommend to your dad. <laughs> maybe... <laughs> I will answer that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I will have those answers for you. Maybe you're stuck in a, at a, on a puzzle in codename Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> then we can't help you. <laughs> but use uh, a walkthrough. <laughs> but send us a send us an email, uh, Matt and Roses at gmail dot com, and I think uh, we're gonna be back to you next week. Uh, this is. We're recording this a bit before we publish, so I don't know what day of the week, whatever day of the week today is <laughs> that you, this was yeah. published. Uh, <laughs> expect us around the same time next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys will know better than us. Well, that was fun, though. I hope you guys really enjoyed 
this first podcast and I'm looking forward to questions or uh, just, uh, you know, praise. Also feel free to praise us and send us praise at our yeah. email. Tell us how funny and cool we are. Yeah, <laughs> tell Matt how like special and goofy he is. Yeah, and strong, physically and strong. very strong. Yeah, so strong, guys. <laughs> we don't strong. have a picture, you know. Like we don't, we, we're not going <laughs> to yeah. scan a picture. In there's no the pictures Matt. of You're me on the to... internet, but I'm physically yeah, no very pictures. strong gonna... <laughs> and fast, and, a, and I'm a really good jumper. Super good jumper, you guys. <laughs> uh, so you guys, you guys can find me online. Uh, just. Like I'm everywhere. Uh, I, I think I'm on all the social media things. It's and I'm always my name, Matt Aukamp, A U K A M P. Um, yeah, check out every folk song if you get a chance. Who knows? Yeah, you might learn something. You might think it's cool, or you might think it's boring, and then don't listen to it anymore. Just come back here and listen <laughs> to this stuff instead. Yeah, and uh, you just Google my name. <laughs> just Google "Pushing Up Roses." You'll find me. Check out my channel if you want to watch old adventure game videos. I really do have a ton on my channel if you want to revisit some of those. I have opinions. Uh, don't come for me. Uh, do we? Ha so should we come up with like a quick like outro like phrase that we say every time? Like one to go yeah. out on? Let's do Matt and Roses signing out. Matt and Roses signing out. Podcast is art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> artists suffer. <laughs> <laughs>